do a small step and reach out to people. Start a network in which you're talking to other people who are interested in businesses and that's going to help you to become inspired and to, you know, keep taking steps forward. You're listening to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, the only leadership podcast run by undergraduate students dedicated to helping undergraduate students lead in diverse fields. From people in diplomacy to entertainment, from CEOs to student leaders, we feature people from all walks of life. It's all part of the mission. Here at the Messina Leadership Institute, we make leaders better. Hello and welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. Today's guest is Belen Gamara. Belen is currently the president of Seton Hall's Women in Business. She's also a final year student in the Piscina Leadership Institute's Arts and Sciences cohort. And most importantly, she is an entrepreneur starting her own business. In a special live recording of the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, Belen and director of Piscina Leadership Institute, Brian Price, discussed the Institute, her business, and how she got to where she is now. Belen, why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background. What got you to this point? Sure. So my name is Belen, as Dr. Price already mentioned. I'm a senior psychology major, business administration minor. I got into the Institute actually because of my friend, Ashley Morales. She's an amazing person and she, when applications sophomore year, my sophomore year, were coming out, she urged me to apply. She said it was a great institute, great program. She said that she really has grown a lot and I wanted that for myself. I wanted to start to grow even though I was a little bit hesitant to apply because I didn't have that much on my resume at that point. But I still wanted to try to get a little uncomfortable and try to grow and I'm really glad that I did it. So that's kind of my backstory with the Buccino Leadership Institute. Do you want to hear like women in business and like everything or so so many pieces? (laughs) While we're there, you are what we kind of refer to as a newbie sophomore. Mm -hmm. And you were part of our first ever newbie sophomores. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, the traditional route to get into the Institute is through high school. You get competitively selected and then you come through our program that way. However, we specifically opened up a mechanism to get into the Institute one time in between your freshman and sophomore year. So we open up a very limited number of slots for people to come into the program. And for those of that don't know, the challenge is you have to complete both the requirements of both sophomore and freshman year in that sophomore year. So uh, she's a newbie sophomore. She's one of our, our first and, and I'm not saying this just because you're here, mm-hmm. but it has been a fantastic way for us to bring in talent into the Institute that we wouldn't have otherwise. Yes. So you mentioned entrepreneurship, women in business, business minor. How did that evolve for you? So business, my interest in business came. I would say the first thing that I did is join women in business. I joined that as a freshman, even though I was still a psychology major. And through women in business, I learned about this other opportunity called the Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield Transformation Challenge. It was basically like a pitch challenge. And we... Like Shark Tank pitch. Yes, kind of like that. Yes. So we would go um, pitch in front of the actual, like, at the headquarters, in front of these really amazing Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield executives. And we had to get a team together. We had to get a business plan. 
I applied through that actually with another Buccino Leadership Institute member, Faith, who is, I think she's a grad, she graduated. Faith Akinladi. Yes, Faith Akinladi. Wait, a big show off. She graduated early before uh, <laughs> yes. our seniors. Yes, so I actually did the program. I did that with her and that was really what ignited my entrepreneurial spirit and um, just going through that whole process getting to that final stage of that pitch competition, being in front of these leaders and senior executives. And when I pitched, uh, I just felt light. I All the nerves immediately went away and I was just like in a state of flow. And then we won first place. We won $5,000. And that was just literally one of the happiest days of my life. Tell us a little about that idea. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So my that idea that we won the competition with, which is what I am developing into a company and what I've been focusing on for the last few years. It's an app idea. It's an app for gym goers and for gyms for people to find connections in their own gym. So what we're essentially trying to do is build community in gyms. So that way you can meet people who are similar to you in your own gyms. And so that way, when you go to the gym, it doesn't feel like you're just working out with a bunch of strangers. It's a little bit less of an isolated experience. You know the people that you're going to the gym with. You go, you know, you're friends with them. And that's really what we're, we're trying to do. What have you learned about yourself in the process of that experience and where your kind of company is today? Yeah, so with, are you asking about that specific experience or just what I've learned about myself in general throughout this whole thing? I'd say overall. Yeah. So overall, you could probably tell, but I really feel like I found my passion with entrepreneurship. I love entrepreneurship. I have different passions, but that really is one of the main things that I found that I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I would say being an entrepreneur feels very empowering to me because the sky's the limit with any business. If you get like a regular job, you might start to stagnate in certain ways. And I felt like with starting your own business, there's always ways to reach more and more and more. So I would say that's one of the things that I love about entrepreneurship. Another thing I love about entrepreneurship is the ability to reach financial freedom. My parents came here with nothing at all and just me, the thought of me being able to build a business that's successful and profitable enough to give back to them and give back to my community and give back to other people and set my kids up. That to me is another lovely thing about entrepreneurship. Your, your, your income as an entrepreneur depends on your business, right? It's not set every year like a regular job is. So that's another thing I love. And I love different things about my company. I love how we can help people build friends. And especially with COVID, everyone felt isolated. And I think that we can really be solving a problem and helping the well-being of people in gyms. What do you think your biggest asset is or strength as it pertains to entrepreneurship and creating and executing on this idea? That's a good question. Creating and executing. There's so many things that go into being an entrepreneur. So What do you think you're good at? (laughs) What do do I think I'm good at? I would say that that's a really great question. (laughs) Is this, are you being humble now? (laughs) I am. (laughs) There's so many levels. There's so many different things. 
there's obviously leadership, there's being able to work with people, there's managing money, there is having a vision. It's just an entrepreneur does wears a thousand hats. Sure. So I would say for me, <sighs> I'm stumped. Maybe my biggest asset I would say is my resilience. I feel like no matter what, I'm going to keep pushing no matter what person, what, I, what obstacle I come across. I feel like even with COVID, it could have been easy to just say, oh, gyms are closed. Like, I'm just not going to work on this idea anymore. I'm just going to give up. But I still found it in me to keep going. And, I, and I'm very proud of myself for that. So I would say that, and that's essential for any entrepreneur is getting Big through time. obstacles and any person really, you know, but especially through. in the entrepreneur space. Yes, because I think maybe we have a warped sense of entrepreneurship by, because of TV. So mm-hmm. we all watch Shark Tank, <laughs> and we watch these people go make these pitches. Yeah, oftentimes they'll walk out with multi-million dollar deals, mm-hmm. and then you fast forward to this super successful company. Yes, but what you don't see is, like you mentioned. There's you oftentimes a lot of entrepreneurs face a lot of rejection and mm-hmm. a lot of no's. Yes. What for you has been the most difficult aspect of entrepreneurship? You said your resilience mm-hmm. for being your your biggest asset or mm-hmm. your strength. What's been your biggest challenge or what have you not been good at? Okay, so that's a good question. I would say as an entrepreneur, you're kind of a little bit of a trailblazer unless like you're building a company that's been already out in the market that's very similar to something else but you're still doing your own path you're doing something that hasn't been done before so I would say that's really difficult is not having some type of plan to go and replicate and you're sure that this is going to work the uncertainty that you're putting all this time in and you're investing money in cases and the uncertainty that it might not work, even though you have to believe it will, you know, it's, it's hard to trust the process sometimes. So I would say that. Well, there's obviously roadmaps and principles. There's not a blueprint for success when it comes to those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable talking about any mistakes that you've made along the way? If you look back and said, I wish I would have done this different, anything stick out? Yes. So when we, me and Faith, I, I, um, I refer to us when I say we. So when we started winning competitions, we would m- win money. So we started building out our first pre-prototype or prototype because it's kind of like a very skin, this very bare bones type of thing. Like it is in a whole application. But when we started building it, we spent a little bit more money than. I think that we should have for something that didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. And I think that's a good lesson for any entrepreneur, whether you have just gotten an investment of a hundred thousand, a million, you're on Shark Tank and you get that million dollar deal, or you just won a pitch competition for a thousand dollars. You should still stretch your dollars and not spend money in a way that's like, you know, just not worth it. Every dollar you should think about how you're spending because really that's the main point of business and entrepreneurship is making money. So I would say that I I made that mistake. I I was like, oh, yeah, we're good. We could do this. But it didn't turn out and it just 
ended up not being a waste because you know it's a lesson at the end of the day but you know it, it just didn't turn out that the way that we wanted it to now the institute in our short history has had a history of entrepreneurs and gravitating people that are interested in starting their own businesses so i'm going all the way back to like our nursing program came up with care call mm -hmm. they participated in pirates pitch there's st that's still going strong three and a half years later rachel badway and robin Schilke talked about creating a leadership app which they've also competed at the national level for this stuff but there might be some folks out there freshmen sophomores maybe even some juniors and seniors that might feel a little bit of imposter syndrome and starting their, your own idea what advice would you give that freshman or that sophomore that has an idea but is uncertain about executing it, what would be your best advice for them? Yeah. So I would say that everyone has doubts. Even the most successful person that you can think of, they probably have imposter syndrome at times. They probably have doubts. So just go ahead and don't count yourself out. Start doing something. Do small steps, whether it's researching a little bit about your idea, whether it's talking to someone, whether it's reaching out to in someone that you know that's already into this type of stuff, or there's an entrepreneurship club on campus. You know, there's a whole entrepreneurship. Shout out to Susan yeah, Sherrick. Exactly. There's team. a whole there's a whole insti uh, institute for entrepreneurships. Susan Sherrick is a great resource. So reach out to her. Do something small and simple because starting a business seems like this huge endeavor. And if you try to think about it all in once, then you're just going to get overwhelmed. So break it up into the smallest steps possible and then do a small step and reach out to people. Start a network in which you are talking to other people who are interested in businesses. And that's going to help you to become inspired and to, you know, keep taking steps forward. Now, we mentioned at the outset that you are the president of the Women in Business Club. Mm -hmm. I mistakenly called you the co-president. You got very offended by that. <laughs> I didn't get offended. So you are, for officially, you are the president. So Madam President, <laughs> what role has the Women in Business Club done for you and your leadership and yeah. your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I would say... I practice my leadership muscle with entrepreneurship and women in business, but I would say even more with women in business because I'm helping to lead this group of girls, group of women, group of young, smart women. And it's just, I have like a team and it's more collaboration. Whereas with my entrepreneurial journey, it's still just me and Faith. And I would say it has helped me a ton. I've grown so much, not only with the events that we have, we try to make events that appeal to whoever like just last week we had an nft workshop in a couple of weeks we have a resume critiquing workshop and then the day after we have someone from amazon a recruiter coming to talk to our members because she's very interested in hiring i really appreciate women in business the events that we have and also the group of girls that are in the club itself because they also inspire me and they're also leaders themselves and it's just been a great experience overall and I love it. Do you need a background in business in order to start your own company? No, you do not need a background in business to start your own company. Nowadays, the internet 
is this resource that has everything you could ever want. So I'm a psychology major, just a little, in case you missed it in the beginning, I'm not a business major. I have a business minor, but just learn stuff online, go on YouTube, talk to business owners, you know, go on LinkedIn, research people on LinkedIn. There's so many ways to get information. Use the internet, use all the resources you have. There's even books if you want to go that route, but you do not have to be a business major to start a company at all. Starting a company with a partner or going it alone? What's your recommendation? (laughs) Yeah, with a partner because it's just so much on your own. As I mentioned before, you're wearing so many hats as an entrepreneur. So it's good to have not only a partner, but like a team. If you can get a team of people who are interested in your idea, who are passionate about your idea, who have complementing strengths, then good to go. You're good to go. Keep trying to add people. I mean, obviously... You don't need like this huge team, but it's good to have people on your team who have complementing strengths. Yeah, I think it's interesting for the folks at home that don't know. She just mentioned she's a, a psychology major. Faith Akinlade is a physics major. Yes. And both of you came up with an app, <laughs> a social app to use at the gym. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, nothing is linear in that entire no, kind of process. All. Not at all. You are set to graduate on time. Mm-hmm. What is next for you after graduation? What do you plan on doing? Okay, so right now I have an internship in, H- in HR. I've had to get an internship through my psychology degree. Like it's uh, required that I take an internship class. So I figured that HR is the closest thing to me because I have psychology background and the business background and HR is kind of a combination of both. So I'm in HR right now and I will definitely keep HR in terms of a job and work on entrepreneurship on the side or I might even look for a job where I can do part-time HR just because you probably all know being an entrepreneur is risky. You're not going to get money right away. So you do need something to stabilize yourself. You shouldn't just quit your job if you want to become an entrepreneur today and you don't have a stream of income. So work on it on the side is my plan. And I'm in right now, I'm in a couple of programs. We are set to compete for another pitch competition in April. And I'm in another program filled with other entrepreneurs And it's just going to be educating us and informing us about business, trying to keep learning and applying whatever I can learn to my business. So that is also set to begin late March and it's going to continue on to the summer. So I'll still be doing my entrepreneurial stuff and HR. So that's my plan. Cool. Now, uh, final question. We have our podcast director here. We have our strategic communications director. We're being recorded for for that. So if we could bring in another element of our initiatives, it has to do with our selection committee. Now we are in the process of trying to recruit the next class of leaders coming in. So, you know, you're great at pitching. How would you pitch the Institute to a high school person interested in either coming to Seton Hall or more importantly, coming to the Institute? Yes. So the Leadership Institute, I would say, gave me a lot of courage and I love the Leadership Institute for so many reasons. Being around this group of people who are all leaders is a different environment than being in a group of that's not leaders. It pushes you to be better. So I'm happy that I 
that I got that opportunity to surround myself with amazing people. And I felt like that was a part of what pushed me to be better and what pushed me to be a leader and to keep pushing and to keep achieving. Also, just the things that you learn is is awesome. The experiences that you do, you have different field trips, you have different seminars, you get to talk to leaders who come in, you can network with them. And, you know, that could be a great opportunity for you to leverage IDTs, which is the interdisciplinary teams that we did that helps you basically people from different cohorts or from different backgrounds come together and they make a team and they try to execute a project. So that's also completely useful because it builds on your collaboration skills. So there's just so much that you get from the Leadership Institute and I'm very happy to be a part of it. We did not pay her to say any of that. (laughs) That was all legit. Belen, congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on graduating. Thank you for, for today. Also, I want to give a shout out to Kai Jesus and Sophia Didman for coming and recording our first fireside chat. We did it. No one got hurt. <laughs> Thanks to everybody. And we'll see you next time. All your success. Congratulations on graduating. Thank you for, for today. Also, I want to give a shout out to Kai Jesus and Sophia Didman for coming and recording our first fireside chat. We did it. No one got hurt. <laughs> Thanks to everybody. And we'll see you next time. On behalf of everyone at the Pasita Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank the podcast team, 89.5 FM WSOU, for allowing us to use their facilities, and you for listening. Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership, on Instagram at Pasita Leaders, and on Twitter at SHU Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.